0: For this week's episode, I sat down with Drew Cottle. Drew is a local realtor with Remax Synergy, and him and I talked a lot about branding. That's something that I think I've been talking about with just about every guest that I've had on the last six or seven episodes, and I like getting people's perspectives on it. I think Drew has a very unique perspective on how he does his content, just like everybody else has their own sort of way that they go about doing it. Uh, Drew's background was actually in some fitness training as well, and that's where he started doing some of his content. So talks a little bit about that, and he also just purchased his first house hack in Manchester. He talks about the entire process of getting that thing from start to finish, in terms of renovations and rent stabilization, and then what his plans are moving forward in the investment space, and how he services his clients at the same time with his real estate agency business. So. It was great having Drew on. It was awesome getting to pick his brain about how he goes about doing things. Uh, And I think that everyone's going to benefit from listening to him and his story, but more so what he does now on a day-to-day basis and how consistent he stays with some of the things that are moving the needle forward. Uh, I think that that's where a lot of the benefit's going to come from. So without further ado, here's Drew but yeah, man, no, I, I, like I said, I love what you do. Uh, one one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on was because you're another realtor who does a great amount of volume and is building their brand. And one of the things that I'm kind of, I guess, pushing for my own, my own company. Um, but really for anybody around me, like the, even the younger realtors and the younger investors and things like that is getting their name out there, behind a brand because it's one thing to have your name out there and you be the brand but when you want to extend into other avenues what I've noticed is that your name can't be the only brand and so trying to find like like I guess what I figured out is that the brand starts from the mission and the mission is really just like like what what truly wakes you up every day because personally like a, a check doesn't wake me up every day. That's not that's not why I get up. And right. so if I can build my brand for the podcast, and then my brand for the real estate, my brand for the agency, all based on one mission. The mission's the brand. So I want to know if it's the same for you, or if you have a different take. Um,
1: it is pretty close, right? Because as a, as a realtor, I guess myself is the brand. I have to sell myself right. to other people. Um, what gets me up every day isn't really more so lifting the name of my brand. That's not my first thought going into my daily routine. It's more about helping my people. That's, that's really what uh, drives me to do better work, to do more work, to do more volume. Um, And not just my people as in my clients, but my family, my friends, um, my, the people that I work with, my team, uh, making sure everybody's fed, making sure everybody's happy, making sure everybody has what they need. That's really what gets me up every day to make sure that I'm, I'm putting myself out there to, to get the results for those people. And what I found is, the results that I've gotten from that are far what exceeds what would have come if I just focused on really trying to push myself and my brand out there. You know what I mean? It's right. both important, but I think that helped me more than anything, really.
0: Right. And one of the things that I've learned, too, is that like, I think it's a hard reality that I came to, and a lot of people probably come to it at a certain point in their career, is they realize that they are just as much what propels them as what holds them back. And so mm-hmm. it's it's really like the route that you take at the end of the day. Like like everyone says, like everything's in your control. It absolutely is. But it's a hard pill to swallow when you realize that the only reason my business is successful is because of who I am and what I do. But right. the only reason why I'm not where I want to be is also because of who I am and what I do or lack of what I don't do. And so Correct. I think like sort of – that idea to take yourself out of, okay, I'm here to propel my brand forward, because it's sort of like chasing your own tail. When you're trying to chase something that doesn't truly wake you up every day, or, or trying to chase something that, that doesn't, uh, we're in the client business, let, let me take a step back, we're in the client business, and the relationship business. And if, if you kind of follow that up with trying to, trying to chase monetary gain, you're not providing the service that's necessary to acquire that monetary gain. So that's why I feel like uh, realtors and investors never see that. And, you know, I think you do a great job, especially with your informative content, like your informative content is like, I I think like a hundred percent on point, the look of it, exactly how you, you explain it. I, yeah. I, yeah. I love that content a lot. And I think that what I get from it when I listen to it is this is somebody trying to inform, but in a uh, you know a funny enough and casual way but you can kind of see through it enough to understand that this is a casual person trying to
1: just help out the next person absolutely absolutely and what i found is um i am chronically online right <clears throat> i am just on tiktok instagram facebook way more than i'd like to admit but from doing so I learn a lot from people like myself, people who put out that type of value content. And if I, and I know if I do that, if I am chronically online and I'm learning from other people on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok, there's probably other people who are out there doing that too. Um, but I know a lot of the people that I see as I scroll through are just doing it in a way that just aren't sticking. It's not, it's not holding me. It's really, it's valuable. But it is really boring, you know, and I'm 27 years old. There's a lot of other people who out there who are younger than me who are trying to get into things. So I'm trying to provide that same type of content, that same type of value, but in an easy to digest manner for someone in our age group, because it's the people in our age group who are looking to get their first investment property, maybe their next investment property, looking to get into flipping, wholesaling their first home, whatever it may be. Um, but if I could be that person to get that message across in a way that makes more sense to them rather than just throwing terms at them, I'm happy to be that person. Right.
0: Right. And and that's the thing. It's like it, the other the other part of that is like, who do you want to help, right? Do you want to help the the client or do you want to help the young entrepreneur or do you want to help both? And I think when you make content that's geared to help both, it adds the perfect amount of of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like absorbability for lack of a better term, like you can absorb it easy enough, but it also provides enough challenge to make you more interested, right? Because if you give somebody every answer that they're looking for, they have no reason to come back. But if you're talking to the entrepreneur and the client, there's a little, there's, there's like a little barrier there between the two kinds of people you're talking to. And so there's a little bit of a a knowledge gap challenge, so to speak, and they want to come back, but it's also
1: enough that they're like I understood 90%
0: of what he said.
1: Right, just enough to get them to reach out a little bit. Exactly. And that's kind of like um I don't know, I guess I just through through my past of trying to get onto video and, you know, try to better explain myself. I used to be a coach back in the day for um fitness training, and that's I think where I got that that um on the on the ball mentality of just making stuff up in a way that makes sense right. to other people. Cause you know, I could say a million things about squatting and good form and whatever, but if I didn't say it in a way that made sense to someone else, they never would have got it. Right. So but- I carry that over in the same way I make the video and when i'm making it i'm trying to think of like yes there are investors who know what i'm talking about and i want to try to pertain to them a little bit more but there are also people watching my content who are probably just getting to into real estate for the first time so i have to make it a little bit more understandable for them um but like you said which i've never heard someone say in, in person before which is interesting um It gives it a little bit more, just enough of a cliffhanger where they actually end up reaching out. And um, I think that does make a huge difference for the realtors who are out there who are thinking about making content um, instead of making content that only other realtors and investors can understand.
0: Right. Right. Well, and yeah, and and that's huge. And You know, one of the other things too that I notice, because I'm just like you, chronic um, just, just Instagram pretty much. Oh, yeah, it's, it, it, yeah, it, it's bad. But at the same oh. time, I always use the same justification. I'm learning. I'm learning more about content, whether it's true or I not. Say the same yeah, I'll too. just, I'll run well. with it. But what I do notice is that it's, it's less about what you say. It's not even as much about how you say it. It's about, it's. I guess not when I say how you say, it, it's not as much the tone and the wording. It's quite literally what I've noticed the order in which you put things in um, that that essentially draws people in. and I've no, I've noticed certain things like like in um, in my in my videos, if I have a white shirt or a light shirt on like a light gray, I get more I get a longer watch time, I get more views, I get more engagement. things like that where it's, it's weird tweaks that you make you know. Oh yeah,
1: the color of the video in the background yeah. or something. Like I changed that all around in the videos. Not only does it make it more interesting when people are scrolling through, but it it does make you feel a little bit different. You know, if you're talking about finances and the background's red, right. It makes you think a little bit or if it's green, you're like, nice, money time. Yeah, yeah. Or, so there's there's a whole type of psychology behind it and um you know, knowing small things like that will take the content game for a lot of people into the next level, I think. Yeah. And were,
0: were you making content as a trainer?
1: Um, so yeah, honestly, that's, um, that's kind of how I like kind of found that, that rhythm of posting period or better yet more often and really paying attention to the quality of what I posted. Um, when, uh, you know, when COVID hit and everything, I was a manager at the zoo in Concord and the, you know, obviously COVID hit, all the gyms closed, kind of put me into a tough position. So I ended up starting my own personal training business and that was all online. So I ended up going either, you know, training people online or training people in person. And the way that I could like best explain things to my clients were via video. That's the only th- way that I could think of explaining things to them. So I had to get really good at talking to the camera, talking in a way that makes sense to people on camera while I'm doing something, which is really, really, that was a really, really big challenge for me. I probably still have videos on my camera from um, Brianna taking videos for me. And I'm like, cut that out, cut that out, uh, play that again, I got play those that Oh, it's the worst. Um, So, And everybody goes through that. And that was like, you know, I was in the middle of COVID. What the hell else was I going to do? I had so much time, so I just stood in front of my camera and just started making videos. And over time, I got better camera equipment. I tried to understand lighting and stuff like that. I got uh, friends who were in, like, the movie business, and they gave me tips and pointers on camera stuff. So over time, that really helped me out, but it was that – point in time being a trainer and then COVID happening, um, that really kicked my ass into gear. And also that was my first business. So that, that really made me hustle.
0: Right. And you know, what's cool too, is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I personally think that, that like fitness training content is easier to make only because you have two forms of engagement. You have the explanation and you have like the presentation Yep. And in real estate, like we can get, I can get that if I bring you to my flip, I can right. get that if I show you documents at a closing table, but if I'm standing in front of a camera like this, it's, it's a, it's a challenge to get the hook over and keep somebody in that watch time without making those psychological tweaks or the order in which you put things in or, or how you grab them at, at And like I said, correct me if I'm wrong, but.
1: No, I, I totally, totally agree. And honestly, um, getting into the real estate side of things, that really made me think of more ways to catch an audience's attention, like by the, the order, like you said before, the order in which I say things. So, you know, if I'm talking about cash flow or something, obviously the first line you're going to hear me say is like, cash flow, right? And it's like, attention's caught, right. man. All right. Talk to me about cash flow. Um, whereas with fitness, I could just be like, you know, I can show them a mobility thing or something, catch their attention and then explain it while I'm doing it. It's, uh, it's much harder to do via video and just explaining things in person. But I do think that helped me with that skill of, uh, layering video in a way that actually hooks the, um, the viewer and keeps their attention until the end. Right.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, you know, so how, how long have you been consistently making content since like the beginning of COVID?
1: 2019, bro. So 2020, 2020 okay. never, whenever COVID started, like a month after.
0: Okay. So yeah, so you, yeah. you've been in it for a while. And so I, like I'm much newer than you. So like I'm I'm learning a lot. Three
1: times court. a week ever since then.
0: Three times a week. Yeah, that's um, yeah.
1: I'm noticing that's
0: not the easiest thing to do.
1: It's hard. It yeah. is, dude, it is hard to keep, uh, if you don't have like, um, an adamant schedule of creating content, it does get difficult. Uh, me, I record content every Tuesday. Um, I'm counting this as like my content day cause you and I are on video. Um, but you know, whether it's just creating TikToks or, um, you know, me talking to just my phone, if I'm in front of my professional setup, if I'm out, uh, doing stuff, it's, it's a consistent effort, but I try to put it all up in a, on Tuesday. Right. That way when it's edited throughout the week. I don't have a schedule or I don't have a VA or anything. I just post it up. I use AI to write a caption. I'm like, yeah, sweet. Let's go. Oh,
0: super so, easy. So you edit it all uh, yourself too.
1: Uh, yeah, for the most part. Yeah. And I do I use my phone. I use my phone, uh, cap cut yeah. super, super easy. It's free. Um, so people who are like, yeah, man, I don't have all the the crap to do it. It's like, dude, you don't really even need that much no. stuff. You need an iPhone and CapCut and you can do a lot. Oh, with yeah. Just that. Um, I got a camera and that I use for like my super serious educational what's up vids. Uh, but for the most part, I'm just using my phone and CapCut. And sometimes there's actually this new app that I've been using. It's called Captions AI. I
0: use it too. Yeah.
1: Dude, excellent.
0: Dude, I just do for Mo- or Mosey captions every yes. single video. Yeah, I excellent. And
1: dude, sometimes if I don't even have that time, if it's a longer video, and I'm like, man, I don't want to sit here for like an hour just doing this going back and forth with AI. I send it off some, to some dude in the Philippines yep. for like 30 bucks. Yep. There's like three videos. Yeah, insane, insane quality. Um, and you can literally look up the same thing on Fiverr or style videos, and you'll find like 30 guys who oh, will do yeah, it. For like, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: It's amazing. Um, so I think honestly, um, the only thing like my, my social media goal moving forward into the next year is to, um, be a little bit more consistent in being random. Does that make sense? Yep. So consistent, I have no problem with three times a week. I have no problem posting that. Um, uh, but sometimes I post like same, like similar posts yeah, one after the other. Moving forward, I'm trying to be a little bit more random, not, you know, post more, not just reels, but photos, yeah. uh, smells, yeah. uh, videos on YouTube. I'm really trying to get into YouTube this year. Um, post more on Google. Google is super, super underrated, uh, underrated cause you can post updates with photos, videos, statuses. Um, and the more you post on those, the more Google pushes you off to people looking up your name, right? That's enormous. Um, So doing that and posting more stories, but meaningful stories, not just like, you know, I've been posting a lot of coffee, uh, (laughs) me making coffee recently, but you know, meaningful stories talking about things that I'm doing, uh, showings and stuff, walkthroughs, things people like to see. Um, but being a lot more, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, intentional, intentional with my content. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. And, and I was, who was I talking to? I was talking to somebody a, a couple weeks ago. I can't remember who it was, but one of the things that we, we were discussing was like like making the unsexy sexy, and it, it like, I mean that kind of ties it all together, is, is like if you're able to make something that, again, it's like like real estate by and large is not sexy. It's your job mm-hmm. to make it sexy. And the person who ma- like, like Ryan Serhan, he makes real estate sexy. Like there's a reason, so. like he makes real estate incredibly sexy. And so oh, yeah, th- like, that's why, that's why I feel like a lot of realtors goal is to get to him. Not, I mean, maybe, yeah, you see a success. You see what he's, he's the house he's going to and the tours he's at. But, yeah. but the reality is it, it's, it's him and who he is and how he's able to make the real estate look the way that it does that wins the game. And, absolutely, and that's why, that's why I was commenting on the memes that you post. Cause I think that that, that adds that second level. Like Serhan is in complete, like he's in the true, like real estate showing, showing the real estate off business, but the oh, average realtors in the relationship business more than anything.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: So you benefit from posting a meme and things like that.
1: Ah. Yeah, you should see you should see some of the the text message threads that I have with my clients. It's like I, I sometimes think about posting it because I bet some realtors' uh, conversations with people are so like black and white and professional right. and crazy. I'm just sending them memes and shit, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, man, you want to go check out that house today or not? And they're like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, all right, bet, all right, it's, bet. Yeah, it's a very I'm real with them. I'm looking out for them. It's nothing fake. Um, And I think, I think the industry needs more of that. There's a lot of people out there who are trying to be something that they're not just to impress other people. And I've never been about that. Um, That... And so far I've seen that. Well,
0: that too. And and you know what, what I've noticed more than anything is the one, the people, the realtors specifically who do the, the very best are the ones. Number one, everybody knows if you can explain something in a third grader style, you understand it more than anybody else, and that that's understood yes. at a subconscious level. So if I if you were to explain like some sort of like chemistry to me, and it was so easy for me to understand, I would trust you just because you broke it down so easily. That's number one. Right. I think what a lot of right. realtors or just people in the service businesses try to do is they try and over explain, and what they what they don't understand is that their explanations aren't making sense, and they're actually over complicating it, dumbing it mm-hmm. down to a level where only the necessities are put forth. And y- you essentially create that relationship with somebody who, at the end of the day, we, we transact real estate all the time. This is the biggest purchase of these people's lives. And they don't and, and the majority of them don't even understand how the process works to begin with. And the, the people who try and just over explain how the process works overcomplicates it. It's the person who, who sends them memes and says, eh, don't worry about it. you want to go check this house out oh shit, this, this guy's pretty cool. Like it's not that, not a big a deal as I thought it was that gets people comfortable.
1: I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think when you over, and um, that's kind of what I learned when I was like really, really early on when I was a trainer. Um, I, I was just real, cause you know, when I, I, I have my whole weight loss journey and everything. I used to be a really big kid when I was younger. And, um, you know, throughout years of me trying to figure out more information on things, it was just like a, like a fire hose of information in my, in my face all the time. And, uh, I was like, ah, I'm just trying to figure it out. And then it really took like just one guy to like really break it down for me, plain and simple, straight to the point. And that's where I really, really got it. So getting into the training industry right out of, um, getting my certifications and all that crap, i was watching these other guys they were just talking like they were like scientists to these right. people and they're like dude i just want to lose five pounds and they're like your plantar fasciitis is causing a lot of imbalances in your feet i'm like dude
0: yeah
1: yeah boy just wants to look good for his and <laughs> right exactly Let's call yeah, yeah 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 uh, so like that learning that really early on helped me like tie that in like heavily into real estate because honestly a lot of fitness stuff ties into real estate stuff, like big time. Mm -hmm. Um, So knowing that earlier on, I was like people, this is the biggest purchase of these people's life or transaction of these people's lives, usually, um, unless you're an investor and you're just throwing money around. They need someone who's going to be able to break it down for them in a way that they understand so they're not lost by the end of it right? and stressed out by the end of it because, like you said, it just takes someone to explain something to a third grader in a third grade level for them to be like, oh, this isn't as scary or as serious as everybody makes it out to be. It's 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 a huge purchase, yes. But when you're working with the right team, it should be – a smooth process no matter what
0: right absolutely no i love all that and and speaking of big purchases you are a fairly new investor in the last Mm -hmm. what year and a half now
1: yeah we we closed on our first one uh, back in november of last year okay
0: so about a year now a little over a year yep so how's
1: that been a little over a year it's been good man um we're we have our um, – we have some tenants in uh, the first floor that just came in for going over their lease agreement, rules and regulations. Uh, they're looking to come in by the first. And then we had somebody – a few other parties come by today to come look at the second unit. So hopefully, if, if everything goes good, we'll have it rented out by February 1st, Oh, nice. both units. So and we live in the building currently.
0: Okay. And was that like a, what, a January 1st turnover? Is that why you're um... – because because you had it occupied or, or did you leave it vacant for the last year vacant oh
1: really vacant wow okay. oh yeah boy okay <clears throat> we got it for a good deal so it's just the way that it all worked out um i can go into it if you have yeah if you no, want.
0: i want to oh, yeah i want to hear
1: it okay so i mean like first first man i don't know if you know anything about me but i grew up poor like broke um neither brie and i come from a ton of money So uh, this, you know, doing this was a pretty big move for the both of us. This was like really setting our feet in the sand to be successful uh, entrepreneurs and successful moving forward. So um, a cold call, obviously, every day, cold call. And this was a result of one of those cold calls. A cold call the seller. He tells me that he wants to sell it. Um, I'm like, great, fantastic. How much? He's like, 300,000. I was like... When do you want me to come by? I'll be over there in an hour. Um, Long story short, it was a huge closing process. Obviously, he was selling it because it had a lot of work that needs to be done. The siding, all of the units needed to be turned over. The roof needed to be redone. Um, It was a seven-month-long closing process because the second-floor tenant wouldn't let us in, and it was an FHA loan. So it went FHA. Tons of things came up during the FHA um, approval and everything. And throughout those seven months, we had to have like, I think like three or four FHA appraisals. It was pretty nuts. So uh, throughout all of that, we got a pretty good uh, purchase price. We got a pretty good interest rate. I think we got like 4.25 on the interest rate. So we locked that in for a good amount. Uh, But when we got in there, the tenants just were not um, ideal best gotcha. best terms yeah. uh, uh, possible yeah smokers you know it's just like the the, the 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 place was a wreck in the inside and out and we needed to get it clean if we wanted to live in there we needed to get it clean and at the time we were mo- living with her parents above their garage in like a small studio apartment just to save some money to make it work and i was like dude i am tired of living in this place yeah. so one of you guys got to go. <laughs> yeah. So we ended up, um, we didn't have to evict anybody. Thankfully, we didn't want to have to go that route. Uh, we ended up giving everybody a sixty-day notice mm-hmm. that we're not going to renew their lease because they're month to month. That ended up being a pretty easy process. Um, but once we got in there, dude, it was like you know, first flip. We didn't have a ton of money. It's we did most of the work. Um, luckily, I have some construction background. So uh, and her dad is also a contractor who does. HVAC plumbing all that types of stuff so I like to I I wanted to have it be like a project because I wanted to learn the ins and outs of hiring contractors waiting for them making sure everything's done on time what everything costs what the process looked like for everything Um, using my construction background to kind of highlight that and move that needle forward Um, would I do it again though absolutely fucking not Took way yeah. too long. Took like a year. Something that I thought was going to take like six months ended up taking a year. Yeah. But also, I don't think that I would have it go any other way because I learned so much. Mm-hmm. I learned so much about the process, what things cost. Um, you know, how reliable contractors can be. Oh yeah, not very. Um, and you know what I can do, and where my time is really worth it and where it's not worth it at all you know what i mean um so moving forward i do think that this gave us the knowledge and the equity that's huge to move into the next one um but now i think that i'm able to do it in a way where we're gonna have to spend a lot less time of ours to work on the building and more time like actually enjoying what investing is actually bringing us you know what i mean um Cause you know, she's, she works full time. I work full time as a realtor. There's plenty of other things that I could be doing with my time rather than cleaning blood off the wall. Right. You know, it's, I would rather do anything else, Uh, build better relationships, find more deals, you know, uh, take care of my people a little bit better. Uh, But yeah, that was, we used up every single weekend and every bit of free time that we had for the last year uh, in order to get these finished. Um, So I don't regret it. It was worth it, um, but now I know what I will not do moving forward.
0: Absolutely. Well, there's a bunch of things that come to mind, but one of the one of the first things is that you 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 almost have to build that equity gap so that you yeah, can right. move on to the next one easier. Like that's it how you nice kickstart. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. The other thing too is you know you're building through and through now. You know that building, top to bottom. There's nothing about that building you don't know.
1: There's nothing I, about this building I don't know, and there's nothing about any building in the future that I don't think that I can handle because of this building. This building was built in
0: 1885.
1: Yeah, we it, we've ran into everything, everything, and now moving into the next part, I think if we find anything better than this uh, in in terms of ease of construction or anything, it's just going to be, it's going to be so good. Right. It's going to be like a breath of fresh air. Like, ah, this is amazing. Um, wow. The door actually fits in the doorway right off the bat. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. That's what I want. Well, no,
0: um, yeah, I know it. It, it. It's, it, well, it's one of those things where like you're dealing with very old construction, like very, oh, right. very, I mean, everything's completely different. And with construction experience, you, you understand that. At least a little bit. It's like it's like you you snap. You we have to replace one stud. Good luck finding a thirty-five foot stud,
1: (laughs) dude. Even just with closet doors, it's a pain finding the hardware to replace it. Oh yeah, um, I would so if this house was completely just gutted to the studs with brand new two by fours, man. Watch me go. Right. Uh, but it's it was getting everything clean. I think it took like what, jeez, two. 2 to 3 weeks alone of just straight cleaning the walls because it was so nasty. And then and then probably another t- um honestly another month of patching and sanding walls and painting. ah oh, dude, it was it took a long time. Um and at the end of the day, man, you know, I like I said, I can't repeat it enough. It's uh it taught me a big lesson that my time is valuable and uh it's probably not worth DIYing everything taking a year to get a project from start to finish right. but as my first project i think that was the right move um given the circumstances that was the only move but i'm glad I'm, I'm definitely glad that we made it
0: yeah and i gotta say too like i saw everything you posted like i think the reason why it took a year or two is because you did everything right like your building looks beautiful like it really does and, and like and and I've seen the flips on the on the multifamilies in the cities, and and listen, they um, they get the job done. That's all I can say.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So. Yeah. and we we wanted to set ourselves apart from it, not only because we're like you know this is our house hack, we're living here, this is our home, um, because you know I grew up in uh, from a rental perspective my entire life, renting properties, uh, getting evicted from them. Um, it was just it was just a really I saw, I saw what is out there and I wanted to make a place that I would feel comfortable living in, in my younger years and seeing some of these ki- um, renters come th- through with kids and stuff that makes me really feel good about what we're putting out there. And, um, you know, really trying to make a better living environment for the people who are coming in and renting it. Cause right. I think Manchester is a beautiful city. I don't think, um, the hate on Manchester is warranted whatsoever. Um, especially because most of the people that I know are trying to improve the the way that the city operates, right. the houses that are around it, um, you know, cleaning things up, making it uh, a happier, healthier, nicer place to live.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I completely agree. And there's a a whole lot of opportunity in Manchester. Uh, Manchester's so much. Like I'm. I'm less super. than
1: two years ago, but still
0: yeah but 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 i i mean infrastructure wise l- less even the residential market i just infrastructure wise that city is is on the up um, boston's mm-hmm. way too oversaturated and anywhere 20 miles outside of boston is pretty much just taken up by bostonians so yep. manchester's i i think like the next hustle and bustle city and i see i've talked to people about this before um, one of the things I see going into Manchester above all else is like tech. I, I think a lot of tech is going to flock to Manchester. Um,
1: I agree. Yeah. And uh, you kind of see it too with the newer buildings coming up on like Elm street and um, you know, Red Oak putting up those new buildings, you know, you look down it and you're like, man, it almost looks like eventually there's going to be some tall, tall buildings right. being installed. There. There's just like empty space that people are, probably looking at from an outside lens being like, there's a lot of potential in this city. Right. And I see that too, even, even in the next five, 10 years, just residentially, I think that it's going to be a much different place than what it is now. And even 10, 20 years ago.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and so that, that also begs the question, like, are you staying around in Manchester? Is that going to be the next property that you purchase in Manch? <sighs>
1: um, I would love to, if the numbers work, Um one thing that i want to do a little bit more moving into uh 2024 and with my investing goals is i just want to be more conservative you know like the the last two three years have been so like bullish 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 um i obviously do think that it will continue to rise but not at the rate that it has been in the last five years i think maybe you know like two three percent average every year max Um, a normal rate yeah, the normal rate, not what we've been seeing—the super inflated uh, rates that we've been seeing in the last few years. Uh, but if the numbers work, if if I find something similar priced than this, obviously. Good luck. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it's uh, that's that's a really tough find nowadays. So if the if the numbers work and the rents work, then yeah, I would I would definitely love to buy in Manchester. But I'm spending more of my time looking out. Uh, at other areas yeah. just because um and cuz even if a do, uh, uh, even if a deal does pop up in the middle of Manchester vultures
0: oh yeah man,
1: oh yeah they're on them they're on mm-hmm. like you know, yeah off market multifamily deal but then you show up to the showing there's 20 other guys it's, there yeah, you're
0: like yeah yeah off market means an email to the blast
1: list uh, yeah yeah blasted email off to the whole wholesale list <laughs> right. um so that's why I like that's why I like to cold call And I, I love developing a relationship with the seller. That's how I think that this deal went the way that it went. You know, it went on for seven months because the seller and I had a good relationship and we were able to negotiate through all of it. Um, So if I'm looking for myself, yeah, you know, I'll, uh, I'll probably call towards the other areas and everything. Um, I say, if I'm looking for myself. I'm looking for good deals for everybody, right. so I probably won't spend a lot of time looking in Manchester too much. But if the right deal does present itself, I will go for it. But I'm spending more efforts going out other areas of Southern New Hampshire.
0: Yeah, and what is um what are some of your investing goals like? If you see yourself, you know, building a portfolio in the next five to ten years, like where do you see yourself growing it at what rate?
1: My big, hairy, audacious goal is 30 units by the time I'm 30 and I'm 27. I love that. I love okay? that. Um, that's what I want. That's what I've been working for, towards. That's the number that I've had in my head for the last few years of getting into real estate investing. Um, it took me a little bit longer to get the, the first one. Got three units, super blessed, super ecstatic about it. Um, but now that this is under the belt and um, we're house hacking it once it's rented out, it completely covers our mortgage, our living exp or most of our living expenses with the house. It's just gonna open up a lot more doors. And I think that I'm gonna be able to um move towards that goal with Brianna a little bit sooner than later. So yeah. um hoping by the end of the year to get a four family. Then when that happens and we're moving into that one and doing the same thing, um I think it's going to be game over,
0: honestly. I'm just going to roll with it. Are you going to look more into the commercial uh, side?
1: I would love, I would love a bigger buildings. That's honestly my goal is to have something with more units rather than multiple small uh, buildings, nothing wrong with them. I love them, you know? um, But if I'm not living in it, I don't really, I want to spend, it would be awesome to go to just one building and take care of all of the units. You know what I mean? Rather than having to go all. so i would love to get into a bigger building with that um so yeah i could see that being in the cards probably next year um this year i'm more focused on finalizing this one and then moving on to the moving on to the next the four family and then figure that out
0: yeah no i mean that well that's the thing too it's like you you run out of opportunity on those residentials because you know it's it's one thing to always to bid with the investors it's another thing to bid because investors are all going to come in at a very similar number. But then you have, mm-hmm. you have the three families, the four families, and you have three different kinds of buyers. You have the house hack buyer, you have the mom-and-pop conventional loan buyer, and then you have the all-cash buyer. And oh, yeah. that's when it gets hairy because the all cash buyer knows their numbers through and through the conventional buyer oh. says, okay, well, you know what? I can make these numbers work. I can stretch them a little bit. And the house hacker says, I just need a fucking place to live. I don't give a yep. shit. And they're
1: willing to, they're willing to increase that purchase price because they know there's some rental income that is right. going to help them with their mortgage. Um, and that's, I'm glad you said that. Cause that's a huge man. It's like, it's so tough to find something on or off market because even the things that are off market people are finding and these sellers are getting calls from 20 other freaking realtors these realtors all have buyers or they're looking for themselves and it still varies even off market you know like when i was shopping for places off market in uh, manchester for this one particular buyer you know, i would find i would reach out to somebody and they're like yeah i'm selling it i'm, I'm open to selling it I show up and there's like five other people there and it's not just investors, it's people with like, you know, just like me, you know, they, they spoke with this guy in the bar like a year ago and they called him too. So it's, it's tougher to get into those small multifamily deals with good numbers. Um, Whereas with bigger buildings, I feel like that cuts out a lot of those smaller multifamily buyers who are getting in with FHA loans and um, house hacking it, which is, I mean, more power to you. I Obviously I'm doing it it's a great idea, but I'm not trying to compete with that when I'm looking right. for more. Investors.
0: Yeah. Like I said, a house hack, it, it it's easy enough to compete because you have that leverage, you have the rental income and another, another 20 grand might be another hundred or so dollars on, uh, a month which yeah. which that that's that's the reality of what the buyers look for so no i i mean i think you i think you got an awesome deal with yours i i remember my my first one was in Darien it was a duplex um and but but the thing is is i like the only reason i got it was because every investor looked at it and said it didn't work it did not work as a whole the, the price it was at and right. it had the two month to month tenants so in theory, somebody could have bought it as a house hack, but the reality is it didn't even work as a house hack. So, right. like, there's a there's something to be said for finding creative ways to make a deal work. But right. it's one of those things where you go in, you acknowledge the buyer pool, and as an, as an investor who's savvy enough, you understand how other investors look at deals, how other buyers look at deals, and mm-hmm. I think the the goal is when you're an investor, new or seasoned, to like. <clears throat> I'll compare it to this. My aunt told me a story that when she was in law school, they had to do their entire year, put together this case, this hypothetical case, but they had to go in front of a real jury and they had to go in front of real attorneys and they had to present their case. And what happened is you would th- this was your only grade for the entire year. Like this is what decided whether you were an attorney or not. They walk in and they go to present their case and one of the attorneys on the board says, um, hey, by the way, it's a change of plans, you need to argue for the defense instead of the prosecution. Uh, like they had worked their entire year, whatever, to, to, to <laughs> build a case for the prosecution and they have to now figure out how to fight for the defense. My aunt, she was smart enough to that whole entire year, instead of building a case for the prosecutor, she just figured out where's the defense coming from and how do I combat the defense. Or it may have been the opposite, mm-hmm. right? But but the but the the goal was to understand, like, here, th- this is an opponent situation. This isn't necessarily me trying to build a case. It's how are my opponents going to come after me and how am I going to overcome that? And so she, right. she passed. It's the same in, in the investment world. I can build a case and, and throw a number out there that I think is going to work. I'm better off understanding how buyer A, B, and C purchase and build my offer based on a b and c and a might offer more than me but not better terms and b might offer way less but way sexier terms and it's a matter of just understanding all those buyers and figuring out where you fit in
1: and that does help you stick out over other uh i've helped i've helped other buyers win offers on things on market, just by doing exactly that, just understanding where those other offers are coming from and just being more competitive with the terms, whether or not it's, you know, like some other buyers right now are asking for closing costs, yeah, return back. You can have better terms and still walk away with it. Um, even if you have a higher purchase price on or off market, it all depends on who you're talking to and what the person you're talking to wants. A lot of the times that I'm um, that I find out when I'm negotiating is it's more or less just what the seller wants, not what the buyer right. wants, right? right? Um, finding out how we can make it work for each party where it works for the both of them—that's the challenge. And as long as you can find that challenge, you can really make any deal work. Yeah. Um, as long as, of course, the numbers do it.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And and that's that's the cool. I mean, you know, I noticed that just purchasing the property I just bought. I wasn't the highest offer. But when it comes mm. to terms, it's like, well what what does the seller oh, need? Man. Yeah. Yeah. And, right. and so, you know, you don't have to be the highest offer, but you have to understand. And that and that's something that like going, you know, touching back on the content that you make. It's it's very obvious that you understand that enough. And so, I guess that that kind of transitions over into like like what's your process to take care of a client? And and maybe if I give you like if I gave you a hypothetical I'm a 22 year old with 50 grand in the bank and I'm looking to get into my first property. I'd like to build a portfolio over the next five years, but right now I'm looking to get into my first property. How would you take care of me? Where would you guide me?
1: Well, first I'd get you pre-approved. Yep. First off, I'd say, where are you financially? You got the 50 grand, great, but are you pre-approved? How's your credit? What's your DTI look like? That all matters. Uh, and then what what is it that you really do want? Do you want to go the route and be a landlord and take care of tenants? Or do you want to buy a house um, and just you know kind of do your own thing, worry about your own property? In that same breath, do you want to buy a house and worry about your own property, but do you also want to take care of the outside or do you like the fact that you don't have to do that? is do a condo make more sense for you? Um, all of those can still be investments, but if someone doesn't want to be an investor, that's fine. Right. You said you want it to be, and you want to have a portfolio of Build, what? Yeah.
0: So I want to have a portfolio of, call it fifteen units in five years.
1: Fifteen units, all small multifamily, yeah. single-family, or condos.
0: Yeah, it it could be anything. I mean, let let's just let's just say I'm looking in Manchester. So probability is probably the the multifamily route, and that would be one a year, roughly.
1: Okay. So what I would do is I would warn you that the market right now is not buyer friendly. And I would set the expectations pretty, pretty realistically. Like, listen, you know, we're gonna go into this. Everybody in their fucking mother wants a small multifamily for the same reason that you do. You want to house hack it, you wanna save some money on the mortgage payment every month by renting out the units. I get it, it's a great idea, but it's gonna be competitive. Um one thing that we can do to set ourselves apart is to go off market and that's what i specialize in i can call people off market to try to get a better deal for you but that being said still probably people on that manchester is a really good area we can keep our eyes on manchester but i don't think that you should limit yourself to manchester when other places in the surrounding area are benefiting from the activity in manchester right so I'm going to focus more on looking out in those areas because while everybody's so Manchester hungry, we can probably find a better opportunity out there. But if the right opportunity comes out in Manchester, you know we'll be on it. But you have to make that the um, you got to set that expectation first. That if you want it, there's no second place. Right. This is a bidding market we, we have to be number one, whether it's in terms, whether it's in price, we have to, we have to bring all of the balls to the table. Right.
0: Right. And one of the things too, is like, like you bring up a good point going outwards. It's one thing if I wanted one house hack just to set myself mm-hmm. up financially for the next couple of years, but to grow that portfolio, I'm going to need access to equity. And so that's one of the things too, that like, if you look at it from an investor standpoint, I say, well, if I need to build a portfolio over time, I I'm going to have to tap into some sort of equity at one point or another. So I absolutely can't Mm -hmm. be buying top of the market. So going the off market route, like you said, that's great. Like, like somebody could be very appealing on market. If it's just one property they want to buy, like if it's just one multifamily, they just want to house hack it a couple of years down the road, their income increases. And then they go buy a single family, leave that as a rental. That's awesome. So, two right. d- yeah, your answer was on point. Just just two very different situations and what route do you want to take and how are you going to set yourself up for the next five? And that's really the whole the whole goal of, of that like sort of hypothetical.
1: Cuz like in Manchester, right? It's we've been seeing growth in the last 5 years. It's it's been insane. So the pe- the people who are buying in here, they are buying quite literally at the top of the market. Mm-hmm. But there's still room to grow in Manchester. What does that say about the other places that are outside of Manchester that aren't experiencing that that growth quite as high? That means you just got more equity gain just by doing nothing. Right. As Manchester grows, that outside area is growing. You gotta add a cheaper price. You can still get the same amount of rents for it because you're so close to Manchester um, and you get that equity spike right. over time. Right,
0: yeah, absolutely. I love all that, man. Um, one of the things too I wanted to touch on a little bit is you you kind of talked a little bit about your your upbringing when you were young and I love I love to know where people's passion comes from. I know we talked a little bit about like what business you're truly in. it's not the money making business. it's it's to help your mm-hmm. sphere. Um, but I guess where does that stem from and does it go a little bit deeper?
1: Um, I, yeah. I mean, like I mentioned in the beginning that I grew up pretty, pretty impoverished. Um, So I grew up in between, you know, a bunch of different rentals, living with my mom's friends and being evicted, but from a bunch of different places. And when I was, when I was younger, you know, I do remember, you know, wondering why that was, you know, what, why was it that we're renting we don't own a home why do we keep on getting kicked out of other people's homes why do they own homes and we don't and it made me question like what is the rent thing like who is a landlord and it it just became so normal to me but i was like why it didn't make it didn't really make sense to me as a kid i'm like i think we should own our own house why do we have to pay this guy to live in his right and so that got that definitely got my wheels turning And then. um then growing up my it's come to think it's crazy how to think it um thinking about it this for the first time actually it's crazy to think how it all came full circle because my dad i you know my parents are separated and when i spent time with my dad he his mother-in-law was like a top producing realtor down in uh chelsea mass Mm -hmm. uh malden revere everett that area And I would go and clean out her listings for flips and all that stuff for like a hundred bucks for the weekend just to do some work and stuff and get some money. And, you know, like thinking back on it, I'm like, damn, I was like a little investor in training going into these little flips and cleaning them out and everything. And you know, she, she kind of like taught me that like, yeah, these are being sold to investors and they're buying them to rent out to people. And I was like, so the guy, and I was putting two to two two and two together. I'm like, so the people who owned my house and evicted me, they were investors and they were doing it for money. And I was like, that's, that's weird. You can rent out your house for money. I was like probably like 10 when I thought about that. Um, And then, you know, like a bunch of life stuff happened, never thought of it. And then, um, you know, getting, growing up and stuff, I was like, man, I don't, I didn't have, I don't have any older siblings. I'm the oldest one. Mm -hmm. I have younger siblings, but I don't, I don't have any older ones. Um, So I always like really wanted to have someone to kind of like pave the way for me, kind of show me what to do. and always asking questions. My dad wasn't really around. My stepdad wasn't really reliable. Um, I'm always asking questions, but not really getting them from a source that I trust or really feel like they can bring me value. Um, and I have two little sisters. So I'm like, you know, who the hell are going to, who, who's going to do it for them if nobody's doing it for me? So I think from an early age, I really wanted to be a person that I needed when I was younger and um you know growing up and seeing you know the rentals that i lived in in the past i'm like man this is a i want to provide something a little bit better than what i was brought up with and uh so you know i never had in my brain like oh yeah gotta buy a freaking house right off the bat right. i was like I'm comfortable living in rentals. Why not just get another rental and just live in the building and like, try out what they were trying out. Cause apparently it worked for them. The person who showed up and <clears throat> gave the eviction paperwork to my parents pulled up in a Mercedes, right? <laughs> we weren't we were not whipping no Mercedes, man. Right. And I was like, man, this is kind of, this is messed up, but this is obviously working for someone else. How can I do it in a way that's not messed up? And can provide value, but still, you know, be a smart investment for my family that continues to give back. And that is really what I think it comes down to. Like, the more I really think about it, it comes down to, like, boils down to how I was raised in childhood poor, renting, evicted, really got me thinking. Um, and then just hustling, man. Hustling to make a fucking dollar and realizing, like, dude, this is hard. I can't, I can't do this for the rest of my life and depend on this right if anything happens i'm gone um and then i got into you know i read the classic story dude read rich dad poor dad here the fuck i am but it dude it, it worked it worked it changed it changed my life so
0: i love that story um, man i love that i wouldn't
1: uh i wouldn't change that for the fucking world man no. i used to i used to drink powdered milk I used to wipe my ass with coffee filters and as a kid and, and have to work when i was a teenager to feed my sister and me and yeah it it taught me an unbelievable amount of hustle and it taught me what i didn't want and i'd say that's definitely the uh the reason i got into what i uh, am doing today
0: that's uh dude that's an awesome story it it because because you're 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 on the you're on the the positive side of it and you know the, the number one thing i think that you you I mean you talked about how it created the hustle for you and things like that which which that obviously that's inevitable but i think one of the things that you mentioned that was really interesting is that you at a young age acknowledged the fact you accepted the fact that i do not have anybody to pave the way for me and i have two options i can continue to 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 search for something that i know isn't there or i can become that person And in reality, you didn't just become it for them, you became it for yourself. You learned to pave the way for your own self. Because one of the things that you probably understand is that when you explain things that you don't know to people, you don't know through and through, you tend to understand them more yourself. Just you teach Mm. yourself as you... And so I think that, that that's just about the best kind of knowledge is the knowledge that you taught yourself. And you not only paved the way for your sisters and yourself, but one of the things that you don't, I, I mean, if we're getting specific with it, I think one of the things that you don't gain renting that you do owning is, is legacy. And I think one of the things that maybe you, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't want to overstep here, but I think maybe one of the things that you were sort of excited about having with owning something is also the legacy. Like it's yours and, and it's attached to your name and it's, it's set in history that that was yours and, and that was something you did and, and, a, a milestone you hit and you know i mean now you're the guy pulling up in the sq5 with the papers so you're not <laughs> no. uh you're certainly not hurting now
1: no i um dude it's it, it's um it taught me like a really big perspective lesson you know what i mean like i sure i drive my sq5 but i don't look at it like any other thing than other than a comfortable car to get me from Point A to point B. That would also um, smoke you know, most
0: cars on the road. Just putting that out there. It
1: would, It is not regular traffic, <laughs> but it, it's a, it's humble, right? Mm-hmm. It's um. It's, dude. I, I thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. I, I really do. Um. You know, going through all of that did teach me a lot of humility and um. Being, just going through all of the things of the unknown at a at a, at a young age definitely helped me in my adult life attack those problems with less care of you know the unknown of like oh man what's what's gonna happen we got this multi-family with not a ton of money in our uh, bank accounts at all there was a lot of unknowns there was a lot of ifs mm-hmm. but we attacked that shit head on man and i'm still so proud of brianna i'm still so proud of myself um because, you know, that's just a testament of what I grew up with, you know, and um, what we both can do together, going into things without knowing the outcome. And I think it says a lot for a lot of other people, because if I can fucking do it, dude, like I grew up so poor, <clears throat> came from literally absolutely nothing. Now I, I like, I laugh when I call myself a real estate investor, because it sounds hilarious to me. I'm like, yeah, I'm a real estate investor. What? so now that i'm in this position man it almost doesn't feel real and i'm so happy and so excited to like rent it out to people and um you know share my story with people is because you know i want other people to do the same if you know if there's another kid out there who grew up similar to me i i hope the god he sees this at some point and they're like yeah man i can probably do that too and when they do that i'm gonna get a beer with them
0: yeah no i love that and and We'll do a couple of closing a couple of things I do to close out. But one of the things that I just want to touch back on that you said earlier was when we were talking about reno- you renovating your building and the attention to quality, the second that you told me that, you know, you, when you were renting, when you were younger and you wanted to make a place that you felt comfortable in, that, that was telling enough to, to your character and sort of like what your legacy and what your mission's built on, which, which, is exactly that you you did not cut any corners in that building you wanted to make sure that whoever it was that came and rented from you again didn't have the same path that you had you're carving a new path for the people you don't even Mm -hmm. know yet just like you did for your sisters and I think that's very telling to who you are and probably who you'll always be is everything you leave behind you in your legacy is going to be better than what you were given and more so changing your legacy for lack of a better term. I mean, you kind of create it as you get older and, and, and you're, you're given like this perspective on life and it just, it's fascinating to me, somebody like you, especially at the age that you were that flipped the switch and said, it's time for me to take matters into my own hands, create my own life and, I mean, you, you can tell now just talking to you where where you're at in that journey and how it's 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 not no longer a question in your head. You understand exactly who you are, what you need to do, and I think that's why you get shit done the way that you do. Um, so no, I, I mean I I love to see that your progress. I followed the entire the entire journey from when you purchased the thing and all the way up and through. So, um, congrats to both you guys. You guys did amazing on that.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you, man. It's, uh, it was honestly, looking back on it, it was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for the next one.
0: Yeah, exactly. Dude, you, you just pick up and walk away. Um, but so one of the things that I, or a couple things I do here, number one, I just like to get your one, three, five and 10 year goals. They can be personal. They can be um, professional. One of the reasons is I'm going to start up doing a, a one year, like replay where you come back on and one of the things we talk about is like, Hey, you said that you're going to do this in a year. Where? you at?
1: Yep, Cool. I like that. Um, so, you know, now that my real estate, you know, I'm done working on the multifamily and everything that took up a lot of time of um, my last year. So I didn't do as much volume as I really wanted to do in my real estate business. So now that I'm getting kind of back into the swing of things, um, and shopping around for another one now, I want to close over 25 transactions for in my real estate career. Um, that is a big goal for me. I want to get rid of a lot of unnecessary expenses. The, um, the rents from the units will take care of the living expenses, yeah. which will be a big old plus. Yeah. So that'll cover most of that. Um, and I want, I got some fitness goals that I got too. I want to, you know i want to deadlift over four plates i want to squat over three plates i want to bench over two plates pretty simple and then five uh five-year goal i talked about that earlier i want to own 30 units by that time i'll be like 32 so hopefully got more than 30 um <clears throat> and then 10-year goal shit and 37 um by that time, I I want to own enough units where I can um, replace all of our expenses. And Brie has the opportunity or the choice of working if she wants to or not. I would love that. Um, and spend more time with my family, honestly. I, but dude, I, by that point, man, I'm, I've been putting in work. Ever since I can remember, dude, ever since yeah. I couldn't remember, I've been working hard. So by that point, by the time I'm 37, man, I want to have some free time. I want to I have enough assets where it frees me up, where I can go and spend time with my family at any point that I want to. Yeah. That's That's my truest main goal the main at above that anything else i just want to be comfortable with my family and spend time with them
0: yeah i love that dude money money stops the clock and that's that's what you learn is that that that's really yeah. the, the goal of it that's why
1: you do it every day dude that's why that's why i should i you know i should i in the beginning of the podcast we talked about like taking care of people and everything that's my that's the main reason why i want to get up like really deep fucking down. I want to take care of people so I can get to that point where I can take care of my family the most. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. To, that's that's the priority. No, I love that. That's mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yep. Um so last thing I have here is um I I do this every every week I have the last guest leave a question for the next guest. And so the last yeah. guest just asked something very transparent what have you okay. failed at this week?
1: Woo, damn, I like that one. Ah, oh, what did I fail at this week? Fuck. I take a lot of Ls, dude. <laughs> I do. Take a lot of L's. Um I have not been as on my calls as I would like to be. Mm-hmm. I usually try to make a hundred calls every day. Um, but recently it's been in the low forties this week and uh, or the last week or so, because I've been, I can, I can name all the fucking excuses, but that's what I failed at. Mm-hmm. Genuinely. Okay. That's a, that's a goal that I set for myself every day that I did not meet. And I've been thinking about that. So thank you to whoever asked that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Damn. How am I going to top that question? That was a good one.
0: Yeah, they don't. Uh, yeah.
1: Okay, my next question is, how are you making time for yourself and your family?
0: Okay, I like that.
1: I think more people, dude, I I genuinely hope in 2024, the hustle culture kind of dies out a little bit. More people are so focused on getting the bag, and we got to get the bag, dude, but – Like they're so they're forgetting and they're like, they are so they are forgetting man. they are like they do not have a significant other or they don't have family that lives close to them or they don't have really close friends that are nearby them that they want to spend time with. Like people are forgetting about that and dude, you can have all the fucking money in the world, but if you got nobody to share it with, it's not worth anything. No, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Um, And we're growing up in the hustle culture. We're growing up in it. I mean, it's all around us. And it's you know what it ever
1: is. Since I was young. Go ahead. No, I was just saying. Ever since I was young, hustle yeah. culture has been around, man. It's, I've been surrounded by it.
0: Yeah, and it's more more social media because like you'll 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 you know sign on, on Instagram or whatever, and you'll see like some one of the entrepreneur bros who sometimes brings value, and then and the next video tells you that you're so dirt poor when you're 22 years old making half a million a year, and it's like. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, I, I'm starting to understand that because I went for the longest time doing like 18 hour days every day and just completely burning, just burning the rubber off the wheels. And I'm like, at a certain point you did too many burnouts. You can't go anywhere.
1: The, oh, s- yeah, the dude, second it rains, you're done.
0: Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly.
1: Um, and then you're going to be, you're going to be out of commission while they replace them.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly no i love uh, you can
1: keep on doing what you're doing too but it'll pop the next set too so so many people gotta freaking realize that it's like you can't just keep on doing it forever you know and i am a huge offender of the hustle culture i hustle too much sometimes um and it's it, it wasn't until like recently where i really came to i'm like dude i can hustle no matter what in any situation you can put me on the street tomorrow with a dollar I will hustle my way back to where I am, but I will never get my friends and family back.
0: Yeah. You
1: know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, gotta spend time with them. Um, so, yeah, that's my next question for the next guy.
0: I love that. Awesome, man. Yeah, I'm going to keep that around. And um, I guess, like, fi- final thoughts. You um, Anything else that you wanted to add? I know you had a couple points you wanted to hit on. Anything?
1: Nope. I mean, I guess the final thought that I have is... Uh, know we're just a result of our own habits you know you can have the best habits ever um and you are a result of that but if you have bad habits you're going to be a result of that too like we were talking about earlier um you're a result of the the habits that you keep so make sure that you choose good ones and then uh i liked our conversation today i think you and i should grab a coffee sometime talk off camera
0: no for sure for sure yeah no i like hearing about your goals too absolutely because i think a lot of our things align in that regard but yeah yeah i agree
1: I, I watch you on instagram too and i think that uh, a lot of things that you know i think you also resonate with so i'd like to i think we met at the um the uh nh Ria. yeah thing.
0: yeah i i so probably ago. a couple times yeah i'll be there tomorrow actually if you're gonna be there
1: oh yeah. is it tomorrow
0: yeah it's tomorrow like six o'clock
1: i might be teaching a class tomorrow but if not i'll uh well, I'll i'm come gonna by tr- and say hi i'm gonna
0: try and make it we'll, we'll put it that way
1: i'm gonna try, yeah I'm gonna try if and i miss it. you we'll uh, we'll end up we'll we'll uh end up talking on instagram we'll set the time yeah. to get some coffee at Preston.
0: for sure man um also just uh plug anything you want socials phone number whatever you want um
1: it's... I'm not too crazy. Uh, <laughs> if you want to buy and sell real estate in Southern New Hampshire, give me a call. There we go.
0: Awesome, man. Hey, I really appreciate it. I'll, I'll throw, regardless, I'll throw your, your number and like your Instagram handle in the, um, in the notes regardless. So you'll have it there, but I appreciate it. Uh, no, man, I really appreciate our conversation. I appreciate your transparency today. Everything you're doing is awesome. Keep it up, keep up buying those multis. And at least in a year from now, I'd love to hear like 27 transactions. Maybe we'll beat that 25.
1: Oh, dude, I said I tried to set my goals pretty low and then try to smash them. Yeah. So I, I appreciate it. Seriously, I enjoyed having our talk today. We talked about a lot of cool things and um, I look forward to the next time. Absolutely, man.